Hello everyone, football's back and uh, so are we. Uh, my name is Brad Harper and I am an industrial design recruiter. Welcome to what I think is episode 7, not quite sure, might need to double check that. Uh, me, Drew and Emma, we are joined by a familiar voice to so many of you, um, Stephen Green, current head of innovation, design, engineering, Imperial, just one of the most important and well-recognised figures in design education in the UK. Um, ask any kind of Loughborough or Brunel graduate, um, they'll, they'll know fondly of Stephen. And we spoke to him a few weeks back now, and we spoke about how lockdown has impacted the world of education. Um, gathered some advice for for the twenty twenty, the class of twenty twenty, as well as getting to grips with his involvement in the complete transformation of Bidder, uh, the British Industrial Design Association, where he sits as a director. Just want to say massive thanks, actually, Stephen, for, for coming on. As so many as you, will, as so many of you will know, you know, he's such a lovely guy. Um, if you do want to get involved in the, in the podcast, you can always just drop us an email to hello at designtruth.co.uk. Uh, many thanks for listening, and actually, thank you for supporting the podcast. I think since we've I've last done an intro, we've actually reached a thousand listeners. So, so many thanks for that. Cheers. So I would probably have done some sort of introduction which would introduce you, but I'm sure you can do a better job than, than that than what I can. So if you could just quickly introduce yourself to our our listeners. And bearing in mind we do now have one in Barbados. So this is a truly Woo! global truly global audience now, Stephen. Okay, excellent. <laughs> Uh, well, you can probably tell that I've been uh, around for uh, in in the design business one way or the other. I think I was I was trying to work out the other day uh, for various reasons whether I'd reached my fortieth anniversary of working in the industry yet, but not quite. About thirty eight uh, years, um, and um, for, for actually, I'd say most of my career has been a, a split between working in uh, design consultancy sector and working in in higher education so mm. many years ago uh, i got my name on the patent for the world's first fully injection molded samsonite suitcases which i'd still like to talk about uh, I've, I've been involved in um, wayfinding systems in bristol liverpool london things like that more recently uh, some place branding but also in in education which has probably more recently been my main thing uh, I was head of 3D design at Ravensbourne College um, uh, at uh, Brunel University for 13 years. And, and now I'm at uh, Imperial, but I'm also head of the, the joint uh, program between uh, Imperial and the Royal College of Art called um, uh, Innovation Design uh, Engineering, uh, which, mm. is, which is a very nice. exciting place to be. That is yeah. an exciting title as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was quite nice actually because we put something out on LinkedIn and social media and stuff and we said we had you coming on and I had loads of messages from your former students which were saying, oh, kind of great lecturer or, you know, nice guy, that kind of thing. So um, <laughs> it, was a, it must be quite a cool job in the sense of that you get to speak to a lot more people within the industry than if you were just at one insular company for a long period of time. No, absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it is a, 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 a cliche, but immensely rewarding to mm. uh, be working with uh, young people that then uh, also a cliche that are the future of the generation, that are, mm. of the future of the profession. They're the yeah. people that are 
are going out there. And I always remember years ago, um, uh, somebody, when I, I was just starting out in design education, said uh, the great thing about this uh, job is, is that in, in the future, your students will, will give you uh, consultancy work <laughs> which, uh, I mean in, in a way is a bit telling because it was sort of like in in the days when um, design education was largely delivered by um, people that um, were were sort of uh, sort of freelance design practitioners and and were doing a bit of this and a bit of that uh, and and it worked out quite well for them to be doing some teaching but also to be doing bits and pieces of, uh, of, of consultancy. Uh, but has work. that changed now? Um, it, it, um, that, that does still uh, happen, uh, but I think what, what has happened also in, in, in the meantime is, is that um, design education has uh, changed uh, considerably uh, in, in that now there is a, there's a whole um, group of people that are let's call them professional design educators. It is absolutely their, their full-time job uh, to do that. And, and within many um, design schools or design universities now, a, uh, a prerequisite for uh, working uh, full-time in, in education is, is to, uh, to have a, a PhD uh, in, in uh, design research or, 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 or a related research field and and of course some people in the design profession have been uh, quite uh, critical uh, of that uh, you know mm. the, you know the old uh, cliche I remember it because um, uh, somebody uh, 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 pulled out a snippet from it from the uh, school of rock I think um, <laughs> I can't remember the exact line but but uh, the uh, the, the character says something like, uh, "Well, you know, you know the the expression that uh, people that can't um, can't design uh, teach, and then the people that can't uh, teach do uh, something else. Like, you know, something else was even worse than uh, than, than than teaching. But uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's still a bit of uh, there's still a bit of that um, um, sort of." Uh, sense of hierarchy going around a bit i think that uh, uh in in some circles um people that are directly earning a living from designing see themselves as as, as in some way superior to people that are involved full-time in 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 teaching <laughs> and honestly Stephen, that's part of the reason that we wanted to start this podcast i mean i can we've talked about this before on the podcast but brad and i had a conversation about this and and emma and i did when we first met as well about why we wanted to have that open discussion is because of the little bit of snobbery around industrial design right <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still, uh, um, i mean it, it's it's not very often that you butt up against it yeah, it's it's to kind of blow some uh, blow away some of that that snobbery and get some discussion going as well. Um, because yeah, yeah. The, the little bit of um, you know you want to be proud and, and and own the space that you design within, but also uh, we kind of wanted to to shed a bit of light on some of the, the challenges that we face and some of the uh, I guess insecurities as well. You know, I think one of the, the main reasons we wanted to get you on here uh, specifically for your role is. Um, not only as an educator, but your role in BIDA, um, is about what is industrial design now? 
um, because there are so many other things like service design, UX design, UI design, product design, all of these things that, that uh, I know are, are, are referenced within industrial design and how that's always changing. Mm. And when, like Brad, he'll be able to speak more um, accurately on this, but about trying to hire someone who considers themselves uh, an industrial designer or if you're an industrial designer looking for work and mm. suddenly you need to code. Blue phone modeling, mm. no help to you. Um, you can't, you know, yeah. so uh, what does yeah. that look like now in your, from your perspective, from, from either angle, really? Uh, well, there, there, there are many, many angles. Uh, I mean, thinking about it from a um, uh, recruitment point of view, uh, obviously uh, names and labels are uh, a very efficient um, shorthand, aren't they? Because if you say um, industrial design, you know, for, for a certain group of people that that will mean something uh, to them. I was um, reading a LinkedIn post, I think, or just a, a, a title of a LinkedIn post where somebody in, in the industrial design or product design profession was uh, complaining about how um, uh, the term product design is increasingly being used in the, in the uh, digital um, design uh, UX, UI service design uh, field. Uh, you know, yeah. we might we might say digital product design, but but people are dropping the digital and just saying product design. You know, and, mm. and can you design a, a digital product? Uh, so uh, yeah, lab labels are um, important for a whole range of um, reasons. Um, and uh, but but from from my perspective, uh, well, I've I've got also got multiple perspectives. But if if where Drew was mentioning this was. Uh, BIDA or British Industrial uh, Design Association. Industrial design is is in the is in the title, uh, and um, uh, I've at various times I've I've found British industrial design as as a professional body quite frustrating because um, <laughs> quite a lot of the um, membership is is uh, what I call traditional industrial design. I'm, I'm trying to find some better terminology for that, but but. Uh, you know, we could say late 20th century product and in industrial design, and 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 the world has has moved on a bit from uh, from that. So so then you get people that are wanting to um, re redefine industrial design uh, to cover a much broader range of um, of areas of uh, of, of expertise, uh, and th there are definitely industrial designers that are great design strategists. You get industrial designers that have a strong human-centered design background or sustainable design background and so on and, and so forth. So, you know, maybe maybe there's some value in um, redefining industrial design as, as this broad um, umbrella that, that can cover many things. But, but there are issues with that because, you know, in many places... Uh, you know, say maybe in the recruitment field, people are using uh, industrial design to mean something quite uh, narrow. I'll probably get myself into trouble as well. We Beda recently had a, um, uh, a really interesting uh, social get together in Cambridge, and we brought together a whole bunch of people who are working for some of the big uh, Cambridge-based uh, consultancy uh, firm, consultancy firms. Uh, you know, technology. Companies, I won't mention the names, but you'll you'll we all know, know. know they are. Yeah, uh, and um, 
so so we we'd invited some uh, of the people who have the title uh, designer from those consultancy firms and one of the really interesting things from talking to them was even within those very successful consultancy firms the designers within those firms felt pigeonholed by uh, their their title uh, uh, designer and and therefore the departments and the roles that they had within within those uh, within those companies so so these these um titles can be can be quite difficult at um at imperial um uh, i work within the dyson school of uh, design engineering and and there there's a number of quite specific reasons why within imperial it's called um the dyson school of design engineering one one being that um uh, the, the school was founded uh, with the help of a, a very large uh, support from uh, the James Dyson uh, Foundation. Um, but it, it, within Imperial, it grew out of um, the faculty of uh, engineering. And, and um, uh, within Imperial, uh, engineering is, is enormously important. And, and you could not, at the present time, you could not possibly have... Uh, a, a subject within Imperial uh, that that wasn't very closely tied to uh, hard science and technology and, and engineering. So so design engineering, but but maybe within Bradsfield, uh, somebody with the title design engineer uh, would would mean something quite uh, quite specific. It's interesting. It kind of goes back to um, we one of our first episodes. We had a chat with someone called James Steiner who was, is the creative director at Method, one of the large digital agencies. And we spoke about, because I think he spent some time in Italy or something like that, and we was like, what actually is British industrial design? You think of Italian design and you think of all the, you know, the cars and, you know, you think of German design mm-hmm. and you can kind of label what it is. But if someone said to you, what is British design? It has more of an engineering heritage to it, doesn't it, than necessarily design as itself. Um, yeah. So it's a, it's an interesting kind of if you were to think of actually what is British design, it's quite hard to actually kind of define what it actually is. Well, per, per, um, well, uh, uh, design uh, historians absolutely try to do that, and and I I think uh, I mean in a way you've you've summarised it really well that um, I think that uh, if if we did want to characterise British design, uh, a British design does have all of that um, sort of engineering heritage uh, with it, doesn't it? You know, you you think you definitely think of uh, Aston Martin, uh, Jaguar, uh, Land Rover. You might think of uh, Triumph motorcycles. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, some some of the companies you've mentioned there, in terms of Aston Martin and the like, if you think about what's going to be happening over the next five, ten, fifteen years. Companies, very traditional engineering businesses like that, the, the COVID world that we're going to emerge out of, you, you don't necessarily see those companies thriving. You see those being more happy to completely evolve the way to, that, that they have done things previously. If you think about the emergence of electric cars, for example, in terms of what British design is, we may have this question in five years' time and we'll be talking about different companies in different industries because the world is going to change and maybe that's part of the, the, the reason of any frustrations you've got is because to keep pace with industry 
must be immensely challenging anyway, but let alone in a time where the industry and every industry is kind of going on its head now, isn't it, in terms of the world post-lockdown? Do, do, do you see, I suppose going a little bit off topic here, but do you see if we think like, the world in six, 12 months, whatever, do you see us, is, is China still going to be immensely important or are we going to see a more of a, a British approach, dare I say, in terms of re-emerging manufacturing and that kind of thing? Do, do you still see... Well, I, th- I think where people um, uh, where people try to identify some uh, USP for uh, the UK, it is it, it is again because we've talked quite a lot about uh, sort of history and the history of design. Uh, you know, the the the, the, um, the UK or, or Britain does have that uh, cultural uh, history of uh, of design and uh, and innovation, and and that does still count for something um I, I think it's 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 quite often it's in jeopardy and uh, i'm not an expert on um uh education at a a, a primary or, or secondary level but but I, i'm sure you're all aware of how um uh what was called design and technology in in schools has has, has been um hugely uh, devalued it, it ha- it's no longer part of the core curriculum you know so so People that know about these things will say that you know the the UK uh, is in danger of, of of losing its its sort of leadership in in creative, innovative thinking because it's it's not being developed at um, at, at a at, at a young uh, at a young age. Is that a fact? Uh, I didn't know that. We because we've talked before on. Um, on a number of different episodes about uh, people's. And myself and Emma included uh, our route into design and our interest into it. And for me, design technology was exactly that. There was, uh, you know, you you choose your options at uh, what year ten, year nine, or something like that. Um, and a lot of that is based on where can I get an easy win and what do I actually enjoy. And for mm. me, the one that I enjoyed more than anything uh, was was design technology. Which at that time was essentially uh, woodwork with maybe some vacuum forming, uh, yeah. maybe some uh, die cast molding, that type of thing, you know, or, or uh, investment casting, uh, that type of stuff. Um, I, I, I was not aware that that has been decurriculumized. It's a yeah. word now. Yes, <laughs> um, uh, I think um, Michael Gove is a, is a, a major uh, uh, culprit uh, in 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 that. Uh, uh, and and going, going back to this idea of um, a, um, a a body of knowledge associated with uh, science or engineering or or medicine, I remember taking a call from the guy who was a, a person I, I knew from uh, from work, um, uh, who was uh, head of education at the Royal Academy of Engineering, and he he called me up and he said, "I've, I've got a got a meeting with um, Michael Gove coming up." This is going back a few years. He said, "What what can you tell me to persuade Michael Gove that um, uh, design is 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 a, a worthwhile subject for uh, secondary education?" Uh, you know, so I, I spent about ten minutes telling him all the things that I thought uh, you know would be useful things to pass on, uh, and and uh, the guy at the Royal Academy of Engineering saying, "I'm sorry, Stephen, but none of that will will work." Um, because because all, because all he's interested in is to have um, a, a, a body of knowledge that that you can teach in a conventional way 
uh, and you can test in exams uh, to, to check whether the students have um, have, have learned it. Uh, and of course, we all know that design isn't isn't one of those subjects. Uh, again, to reference uh, James Steiner um, and our episode with him, one of the big insights that came out of that was about how um, you know any good design is born of uh, empathy and craft. And I don't know how you test for those things. I don't know how you sit in an exam hall for 60 minutes and explain to somebody you'll never meet that, yeah, I'm good at empathy. Uh, yes, my uh, my craft skills are fantastic. Thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think uh, there, are, there are many interesting uh, subjects in, um, encompassed in, in what you've just said, uh, uh, Drew, uh, um, not least of which is... Um, uh, uh, you know how, how do you how do you teach those things? But but what, what, one thing that I can say, uh, which I think is is really in, interesting from my uh, current um, position. Um, so I'm um, um, just to um, um, uh, sort of promote a little bit of, of what I do at, uh, at Imperial. One of the reasons why I was um, really Excited to be able to uh, or have the opportunity to join uh, in Imperial. One one is that, is that the School of Design Engineering uh, is 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 the first new school of um, engineering at uh, Imperial for I think it was about 20, uh, 20 years uh, because most of the subjects at Imperial are, are well established uh, sort of academically respected um, uh, subjects. Uh, Imperial is uh, is one of the top um, uh, eight um, universities in in the world. Um, one of the, the very top technology universities in the world. So so the opportunity to uh, do something that's um, design related within that within that environment was um, was uh, was really uh, really interesting. But but more recently, now that I've I've been at Imperial uh, for a while. Uh, Imperial is is um, also um, picking up Imperial that they've been uh, voted one of the most innovative um, universities, um, and, and one of the areas that they're, they're very keen to innovate in uh, is in how their subjects are are, are taught, uh, and we're definitely thinking about that a lot now because of um, lockdown and and. Um, Everyone's had to switch almost overnight to teaching uh, remotely rather than traditional face-to-face -face, uh, teaching. And, and this also presents some really interesting challenges uh, uh, for design. But uh, within Imperial, I, th I think the, the, the huge area of opportunity that we've got with our heritage in, in design is um, uh, what's known as project-based learning. So in in design, people just take that as well. That's just normal, isn't it? That's how you that's how you uh, you learn to do design. You do you do projects, but but somewhere like Imperial, uh, you know that that is uh, innovative uh, to to do um, learning that that is is largely based on 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 projects. So in in the Dyson School, um, eighty percent of uh, what our undergraduate students uh, do is is project based uh, only 10% is based on um, uh, being assessed by exams but yeah. within, within imperial that that's that's quite unusual but but imperial recognizes that um, 
people actually, uh, and, and there's lots of um, academic research that demonstrate this, that, that people actually learn a lot better through uh, doing projects uh, than they do by, uh, you know, learning from lectures and textbooks and trying to memorize things. You, you learn by putting into practice um, what, what, you're, uh, what, what you're learning. So that, that brings us back to the, the empathy and, and uh, craft. You know, so there are, there are some things that you learn, but, but you only get proficient at them if you, if you put them into, uh, into practice. Uh, and, and you can put them into practice by uh, uh, project-based uh, uh, activity. So that's an interesting one. Um, I wonder, so it raises two points. One, it must be impossibly difficult. It must be so incredibly difficult to assess and to mark project work. Having been someone who's you know, presented project work, uh, not only for uh, for my degree and for things like that before, but essentially that's what I do for a living is to work on something, present it to a marketing or a leadership team or something like this and say, please, may we have a bit more budget in order to continue this, this work. Yeah. Uh, uh, we have empathy for our users and for our uh payers and for uh, well i mean I, I, i'm getting i'm getting too specific so <laughs> i get the i get the general idea that's a difficult challenge to be able to assess that um, and it's something that i guess any designer who is presenting work at any point can reflect on and, and make sure that you're telling that story but also uh, well I, I i can give you some quick uh, uh, feedback on 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 that uh, that, that point are you going to mark his question, Stephen? <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I, I think uh, uh, I, I don't want to be uh, critical of, of you, Drew, because uh, you've invited me on this uh, on on this talk. But uh, I, I think uh, for 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 a, a very long time, uh, designers have um, relied uh, far too heavily on their uh, designer intuition, uh, and and in fact, even People like um, uh, very high-profile people like Steve Jobs and um, Jonathan Ive, you know, they've they've become immensely successful by saying, uh, "Well, we don't we don't believe in, in in market research. We don't we don't want to listen to the finance department. We just want to go on our, our intuition, and our, our intuition will will deliver the uh, the, the the right um, the right result." Um, that that will take you that will take you so far, but I I would argue it takes you down a route with design where you end up with um, people like um, uh, Richard Seymour, uh, who's a uh, an amazing designer and design strategist, but he's also a, a, a great promoter of of design. I mean, he's he's a salesman for design, and and he can he can sell design on the force of his personality. In the same way that um, uh, Philip Stark will will sell his design on on the force of his his personality, and 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 there are people that will will love that. You know, they will say, you know, we we must get Philip Stark in to design our our thing, and he'll he'll come in and he'll bowl everyone over with the force of his his personality, and and because of his personality, he'll he'll design a a. a, a, a uh, a sculpted uh, tap, for instance, uh, and and the and the tap will sell for a premium, 
uh, and 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 everyone will be will be happy. But um, if if we want to, um, uh, I don't know if you've come across the term elevate design. So people talk about elevating design. Um, if we if we're to elevate design, um, I would argue um, that um, designers, or certainly a proportion of the design profession, has has got to. Uh, get to grips with being able to um, make um, objective arguments uh, for design, not just say, da-da, here's my design, isn't it great? It's based on my amazing empathy. And and if somebody else in the room says, fantastic, yeah, I, I completely get that. Well, great, but but that's not going to take us to a position where uh, design is, is um, respected alongside medicine accountancy law and, and science because we've we've got to make we've got to make better arguments uh, for, for what we're doing uh, i mean again this is a thing about the difference between younger designers and experienced designers if if, if you are successful as a um, as as a as a designer and you've got many years of experience behind you 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 have got all of that experience which does count for something which maybe means that you can rely more on on your intuition because you've got you, that, you know what works 40 50 years uh, experience behind you but but it's not going to work for a, a, a 25 year old or or uh, somebody in their, in their early 30s in a in a senior management uh, uh, position see that for me is exactly why i think human centered design should be uh, right at the heart of any design education uh, in terms of um, not necessarily relying on uh, third-party research, whether that's uh, market research or whether it's something that you've read. I think it's about engagement. I think it's about that first-hand experience. Yep. I think it's like the only way for me to gain empathy um, and genuine empathy is for me to live the problem. Um, and whether that's designing catheters uh, for a living and thus um, you know, using catheters for uh, an extended period, um, to experience the anxiety of trying to perform that task in a public space where there are other things going on. So you're not in your own environment. You're concerned about uh, the noises that you can hear and whether people can hear you and, and the yeah. effect that it has on your ability to perform the process. I fully agree that um, there's a certain amount of intuition, for sure, um, but that really has to be guided and navigated by genuine research and that's firsthand that's involvement that's yeah. um the, uh, yeah that, uh, so yeah i 100 percent agree with 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 what you've said uh, yeah and i can give you a, an interesting example because this is where um again so some parts of the design profession might be a little bit uh, cynical about um uh design research but i i can give you uh, an example which i think was a really Good application of um, uh, design research, which was that we were we had a, a research project which was looking at um, design process for designing for uh, people with um, um, uh, Alzheimer's and, and dementia, uh, and uh, it's it's for designers working in that uh, field. It's, it's very difficult to get um, good quality access to. Um, uh, people with Alzheimer's, families of people caring for 
people with Alzheimer's, the healthcare professionals involved with that. That that access is is expensive and and difficult to get at a, at a good quality level. But but that that's a sector that that absolutely needs loads of design uh, design thinking and design work. So uh, what our project was doing uh, was looking at uh, how we could um, uh, essentially systemize gathering gathering. Uh, user um, uh, insights, although user insights not quite the right word because it was everyone who's involved with the care of um, people with uh, with Alzheimer's and and how we could aggregate all of those insights and and have them on on a online platform that was a, a live platform. So it wasn't just about um, uh, uh, designers gathering some insights at the start of the process that the designers could also put their ideas back onto the platform to get feedback uh, from all of these uh, these um, uh, stakeholders and uh, I'm using jargon but all, all of the people involved with uh, with with that scenario so if you could um, if you could systemize that that process uh, on on a on, on a platform then you could you could reduce the costs uh, you could you could more easily get designers directly involved with with understanding the situations directly involved with producing solutions potentially a a, a win-win uh, situation so so a, a a design company wouldn't be able to do that sort of uh, uh, activity because it would be outside their their core core business uh, and and you know some of these fields are, are, are where design research can start to do some really interesting interesting things yeah, I don't know if either of you have read the Design Council's report that came out last week about how design will be the cornerstone, should we say, in leading the, the UK economy going forward. Um, and it was almost a call to government to um, recognise that um, as design can be the catalyst for mm. kind of growing the UK economy. Um, but there was some staggering numbers of job losses and revenues lost. And, it, you know, it was into the deep into the thousands, um, yeah. which is... I think I would be, um, I'd be cautious about the 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 the, uh, the, the, the um, power of the uh, Design Council's uh, report. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, th- I think it's, it is a, it's, it's a good um, sentiment. But... but uh, Coming back to both my roles, actually with uh, with Beda and uh, and uh, working at Imperial, I mean, I, I suppose what I'm increasingly interested in is, uh, you know, what what are the um, practical steps that that would um, turn turn that um, optimism into uh, in, into reality? Um, because I, I think, uh, I mean, the Design Council, obviously, you know, they they can be Sort of uh, angling for some um, special support, special support from uh, from uh, government, uh, but actually the government has been um, exploring uh, the the economic potential of uh, design uh, off and on, uh, actually pretty much since the end of the Second World War and and with the founding of the um, of, of the Design Council uh, more recently. Um, uh, there have been uh, initiatives. Uh, I mean, Drew may have been involved with some with um, the um, uh, I can't remember uh, with Innovate UK. What was their um, particular scheme uh, with Innovate UK? And and increasingly with Innovate UK, who's who's one of the main 
government backers of, of innovation. They are looking for a, a design ingredient uh, within within the, the package of activities that they they will uh, that they will uh, fund. Um, but uh, still, we haven't. I don't think we're we're at a stage where there's enough. Coming back to this point about objective arguments for uh, design, there, there are those sort of headline stats about the value of uh, the design economy uh, within the UK, but but the, there's still not all that much uh, really strong hard evidence about the practicalities of um, implementing uh, uh, design to support uh, the, the the growth of the economy. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. Next on our next episode, we've got um, two guys that are coming on from Design Partners over in Ireland, and they've done a lot of work with Logitech. And obviously, Logitech is one of the very few examples you can give of how design has probably increased the value of their business. They went down more of a design-led approach, and you, you yeah. see what Logitech has done. It's, it's pretty tremendous in terms of kind of shifting um, their business so we'll probably talk a little bit about that um i guess but in terms of those practical steps have you got any that you can think of in terms of well that optimism uh, into, I'm, I'm or, was it all, or was it all under wraps no no um <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, well beda's agenda has, has got two two aspects to it uh one, one is um uh just sort of wanting to find practical ways of uh supporting the uh next generation of, of, of young designers and and uh, I think there's a lot that we can do with uh, uh, sort of mentoring and, and networking to support uh, that but but the more direct uh, one in terms of economy is is around the um, health and, and well-being sectors uh, and we'd identified this even before the uh, um, current coronavirus uh, uh, situation but because um, uh, health and well-being uh, represents a, a very significant part of uh, any national uh, economy uh, and um, it is it, it's also a, an area where the, there's a significant amount of activity that um, design can get directly involved with but then you have to say well how how can we bring about this change and and the uh, our view of this is that we have to make very meaningful connections directly with um, uh, people in the in the healthcare and well-being uh, sectors. So, so we can't we can't do it from within the design business. We've we've got to find uh, very high-profile uh, champions uh, with it within those within those sectors and and, and work uh, in in collaboration. And and design always works best. When it is, um, it, it's a it's a collaboration. Mm. Is, is that always been kind of bidder's agenda, or is that like a because it talks about like a recent transformation of bidder back in March yes. time? Yeah, so yeah. Is, is, there, is, there, is this so is this like a recent push? Which should, should yeah, say? yeah. So, so since yeah, so since around about this time last year, we bidder started to have a whole series of uh, meetings with uh, you know notable people. Actually, probably. Uh, not ideal, but but within within the design profession, uh, but also always involving young people. Uh, something that we've not touched on at all, um, but is is a has been a, a, 
a problem and, and potentially would increasingly become a problem for the design profession is uh, diversity. So, so you know, yeah. the design profession is, is um, perhaps largely made up of um, uh, white middle class men. Uh, and, and, and that is, you know, we can, we can joke about it, but, but actually that, that's a, that's a, 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 a quite a significant, uh, significant issue. Uh, we are desperate to get a bit more diversity and just everyone's opinion, not just one demographic, you know? Well, yeah. this is it. We've talked about it before, and and one person's perspective on what constitutes a good uh, design, we being a uh, a service or a product, is just not accurate. That's why we need that diversity in that perspective. Mm. Is is diversity kind of up there or top of the list in terms of issues surrounding kind of education? I mean, is it something that Imperial was recognised and said right? We, we or or is yeah. it to go before that? Does it go into the back into the our you know, design technology has been decimated at a school level. So does it come well, back to that in terms of... Unfortunately, all of, the, all of these things do... Uh, they're all linked. They're, they're, unfortunately, they are all linked. So so I, I think there is a there's a, 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 a real danger at, at the moment that um, um, uh, design uh, and design subjects in, in schools uh, become... The, um, the 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 preserve of of the uh, reasonably comfortably off, uh, because if 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 you were a a, a bright kid uh, living on on a, on a council estate, you know, you you wouldn't, and if you were a parent of that kid, you probably wouldn't encourage them to go down the the route of uh, design, or or you'd have to be supremely uh, confident. Uh, to to encourage that in 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 your kids, uh, you'd be. Yeah, you it, it would have to be. If you had a bright kid, you'd you'd be wanting them to study uh, medicine or accountancy or or, or law, um, and uh, uh, and and therefore, you know that the that there's a danger that the that the the the, the young people that, that end up doing uh, uh, design, and definitely the the young people that end up doing design that then progress into um, university uh, are, are the are the the you know the same old same old <laughs> um, uh, uh, white middle class uh, contingent um, so, so it, it is a again it's about it's a constant, the, it's a about constant the future, cycle isn't it the future that we want in in this country and and uh, uh, you know we do we do have all of these uh, sort of um, historical cultural uh, advantages, but but we can we can easily easily uh, lose them uh, because we're uh, we're we're not recognising those uh, qualities and we're not in, encouraging them uh, early enough in 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 the process. So so um, I, I would be absolutely very keen to uh, help you and and support you with. Um, I mean one one of the um, again it's a, an advantage of doing the the job that I do do is is that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm always dealing with uh, uh, you know a huge range of, of, of young people. Maybe not as as diverse as as I ideally would um, want them to be, but but uh, you know there are there are the, those absolute stars uh, amongst them that then can be become the role models uh, for the uh, for the future, and, and that that's also uh, really uh, really important to to have that, yeah. those um, uh, those role role models things yeah and to anyone listening that's never really heard of bidder before or it's that kind of thing you know about but you don't know an awful lot about 
what what is bidder and what what what's the, what is what does the recent transformation kind of mean for bidder going forward what, what what's the what's the future going to look like um, well, um, hopefully the, the future looks like uh, an organisation that, that is uh, working closely with, with other organisations, perhaps like uh, this um, podcast platform, um, to have, have a much more joined up approach uh, to uh, um, developing and, and championing, championing the, the potential of, of the uh, design uh, profession uh, and and. That is, is important. There are, there are many people now that are starting to recognize that for a whole range of reasons, the design profession has, has become quite uh, uh, fragmented uh, and, and coming back to this, this point about elevating the design profession, um, we, we, need to, uh, we need to have some uh, uh, joined up thinking. We need to have some strong uh, uh, leaders. Th- those leaders possibly aren't from the design profession itself they're possibly people from outside the design profession, but people that recognize uh, the, the potential of the design profession. And, and we want to, uh, as, as BIDA, we want to get away from, uh, as I was saying earlier on in the chat, uh, a traditional um, concept of design being something which is primarily done in sort of one to five man band consultancy businesses. Uh, and, and it's all about the, uh, the, the styling uh, at, at the end of a, of a, of a new product development uh, uh, process. So if so many industrial designers listening, I mean, so many industrial designers listening, um, <laughs> what, um, in a nutshell, in, in, in your own words, what uh, value does BIDA add to those industrial design professionals? Why should we become members? Well, um, well, one thing I should say about becoming members is is that um, w- what we're also wanting to do is is um, um, make the, uh, the 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 membership arrangements much more open. Uh, so, so we don't really want to be a conventional professional body where people um, pay quite a, a large subscription to become a. Uh, a member but because networks these days don't really work in in in, in that way uh, there, there are many other business models that can be uh, successful to be economically sustainable so we're exploring uh, all of those so so we absolutely welcome anyone and you don't have to pay to uh, 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 sign up on 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 LinkedIn and and, and join the, uh, the the beda group but but the the value that, that we offer is is that you know we we are um, recognised as uh, one of the uh, leading organisations representing uh, the the profession in in the, in the UK. Uh, so we are still a point of contact for uh, people in in, in government uh, that that want to take a sounding of of the um, design profession. We we talk regularly to. Deborah Dorton at, at DBA and, and um, uh, um, perhaps mainly through myself, I'm, I'm in regular contact with all of the major um, design schools uh, in, in the UK. Uh, so so we, we, we are in a, a, a good position to understand uh, what's going on and, and to have, have the relevant contacts for, for uh, um, having joined up uh, initiatives. Yeah, but when I think of Bido, and, and Julie will probably be able to 
um, put this across better than than what I would be able to. But when I think of Bidder, it should almost be this like central point where everything kind of goes through Bidder. So if you're a designer with a query, you were talking about intellectual property before, wasn't you? And and um, you know if you have an issue with patents sort of thing you know you go through bidder they have the the tools and the resources there for you to answer any kind of questions you have if i think about design education and going to, i always think that there's three or four really really good educators so imperial mm-hmm. is definitely number one brunel loughborough um, northumbria is really really good as well in terms of the output that you actually get from those designers from a recruitment standpoint they're far far greater than you would get from uh, i don't want to um, a lower university but that's not the fault of the university it's just they've probably got very different aims and kind of different resources and, and that kind of thing so one of the things we try to do here is that kind of leveling up of the playing field in terms mm-hmm. of exposing people to to to, to 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 voices like yourself even in terms of if you was at i don't know manchester met at the minute you wouldn't have the luxury of being able to hear the views of the the head of innovation design engineering at the, at the top universities so is that part of it of bit of thinking going forward in terms of trying to level up playing fields and just yeah, no, being I, that I, kind of central resource hub for any designer? Well, I mean, there are two bits, aren't there? There's the the, the leveling up thing, and and I would say that um, uh, definitely with my involvement with with Beda, I'm I'm absolutely not interested in uh, elitism. Um, I mean, one of the discussions that we had, you know, maybe going back. Uh, two or three years now was whether Beda should become more like a an exclusive uh, golf club uh, you know that only the very special people that could afford a, a high membership fee should be become a, a member and, and, and it should all be about elitism but but absolutely it, it shouldn't be about that um, we we should uh, we're, we're very interested in in um, leveling up uh, design education in terms of uh, you know, design education should be a very positive thing for uh, everyone. Everyone that that does it, and and what that means is is that every uh, university that has design should be working out what its its USPs are and 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 really developing those those uh, those USPs. At, at the moment, one of the things that doesn't help that leveling up is is um, a, a stereotypical view that. Uh, the only type of uh, good design graduate you can have is is one that has got these amazing um, uh, craft skills in in, in sketching or, or CAD or whatever it might be. Actually, you can have lots of other types of um, very successful uh, uh, design graduate, but but there's limited understanding of that. So we Beda can help with with uh, with that. Uh, the other thing that you were saying, uh, uh, which is a good point, which is about uh, if you like a whole range of um, practical uh, services and resources that that professional body could uh, can, can offer now one of the things with that is is that that that's to a certain extent is to do with um, uh, critical mass and and, and funding uh, if you have a if you have a full-time uh, staff uh, beta doesn't have a full-time staff it has a has a part-time paid staff and volunteers if if you have a a full-time staff. If you have a business model that supports that, then you can do a lot more of those things. And and Beda would like to be in 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 that position, um, but um, at, at the moment, I think we you know we we we've got um, we, we we've got lots of other if you like sort of bigger agendas. And as I said, a, a selling point is is that we are uh, you know part of 
with with policymakers, with the other professional bodies, we're part of that that national level uh, discussion about the things that we can be doing and, and we can have uh, influence. It's, it's more straightforward when uh, in in medicine or or engineering, as we've discussed, because there is a you know there is a a, 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 a body of knowledge that that uh, you you need in order to be able to. Um, uh, practice and and in design it is it's somewhat different and as we say it is it's, it's constantly um constantly evolving i mean a, another reason why i think it's 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 difficult to conceive of um that sort of professional recognition being successful is 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 because design has become very fragmented as as a profession so you you just it's very difficult to get the uh critical mass uh in order for um, people outside the, of the profession to, um, uh, to to recognize it. And again, this I would just bring this back to the point about if if, if we focus, which is what we're thinking of uh, with Beda, if we focus on healthcare and, and well-being as as a profession with huge potential, um, uh, we we need to we need to build the bridges with those with those professions. I'm not sure that. Um, the concept of professional recognition will be the thing that that that, that helps to build that uh, build that bridge. When you talk about health and well-being, are you talking about it from the well-being of a designer or an industry space which you think has got tremendous growth potential? Um, well, I, I think what we're when I when I uh, lump together healthcare and and and, and well-being, uh, I, I can see that um, uh, in this country, for example. Um, uh, we we have our uh, beloved uh, uh, NHS, which which is incredibly uh, important. But uh, the NHS has has really been in the business of um, providing healthcare when people become uh, ill. Uh, but but anyone can see that, um, uh, say in the in the UK where we have very high rates of um, obesity, that that from a uh, from an economic point of view. Uh, you know, it doesn't make best sense to just um, wait until people become obese and then uh, treat obesity. Um, a, a, a much better approach is is to um, have have ways to um, uh, uh, in, encourage a, a, a healthier, pop, healthier population uh, in in the first place, and and that has a and that has a all round. Um, um, health uh, benefit, and and then linked to that, we can see you know uh, an enormous growth uh, through technology of uh, you know for example things like fitness fitness apps uh, and and ways of using uh, gamification and uh, smart user interfaces and uh, touch points of IoT systems to support um, uh, well being. As, as part of a more joined up system. So, you know, the, these are just some of the some of the things that we can sort of start to think about if we think about healthcare and, and well-being as, as, as one big joined up uh, part of, you know, probably worth about um, 25 to 30% of, of the, um, the, the, the national economy, if you, if you join it all up together. Uh, you know, that, that, that's, a, that's a huge area of opportunity for, uh, for design. Yeah, do you think COVID has accelerated that? Or absolutely, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, you only have to. The, I mean, it, it, get, it almost becomes a bit of a cliche when you look on on LinkedIn and you see all of the, the this week's designs for uh, for face masks. 
Um, mm. <laughs> uh, the, yeah. the, 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 the design opportunity is, 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 is you know, a design of face masks is, is just um, skimming the surface. Uh, because again, what what, what COVID nineteen has, has brought into sharp focus for everyone, the general public, is is that we is that we need good joined up. Uh, we could we need good joined up approaches, you know. Uh, 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 and and again, digital systems um, are, are 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 part of that. You know, why why did the uh, the UK effort at having a, uh, a, a contact tracing app fail and we had be bailed out by the google apple uh, um, uh, uh, consortium i'm quite interested by that because i've i don't do recruitment within the digital space so my knowledge of that kind of digital product design thing is incredibly limited but i've always thought that the quality of designer that we have here in the uk was very very strong so I kind of had this assumption that we'd absolutely smash that in terms of an app, and it would, and it would be because we just have such great quality of of people here. But um, clearly, someone will know more about it than than me. But that was just my assumption of that. Yeah. I don't quite know why that broke down because I just thought we'd have people working on that that would be at the top of their game. I'm, I'm not. A, I'm not an expert. My, my guess no. would be. I, th- I think we do have. We do have excellent. Um, uh, dare I say, world-class uh, UX UI designers. Mm. Uh, what we probably don't have is um, uh, world-class project managers and uh, digital design strategists. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you got to look at the quality of the brief as well. Okay. Asked of yeah. yeah. Um, do, do we think they even knew, know know what the brief is? <laughs> it needs to be changed every five minutes. But uh, there you are. Um, whilst we've got you on, Steve, I did want to ask you because there are. Well, thousands of students that and students that, that are graduating through um, Imperial that are kind of going into the big bad world um, in these weird times. I'm, I'm not going to say the word unprecedented. That word's banned um, from this podcast. Um, what, 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 what advice would you give to design graduates now that are going through the system? I'd imagine it must be quite a... Um, and also caveat that the caveat is also designers on furlough as well at the minute, because equally it's quite an uncertain time for people on the scheme as well. What yeah. advice would you have for those people? Okay. I, I think I've, I, over the years, I've, I've gained quite a lot of um, experience about um, talking to people like that. Because you would have had students that went through the o, the 08 recession, for example, and they would have been quite nervous, wouldn't they, of, of what yeah. job opportunities yeah. were like yeah. after that. So um, can you take any kind of, parallel to that in terms of what advice you'd give at those times well i i, I think it, i could just reel off a few sort of um uh pointers i think um uh, i mean it, it goes without saying that um you should be um constantly developing your your portfolio and there's lots of um great benchmarks for that these days you any anyone can visit any number of portfolio sites and 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 see uh, start to work out for themselves you know what 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 is is good work and what is is less good work and and ideas about how you present your work and that that's a that's a actually in itself is a is a is a major side project to be developing your 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 portfolio but beyond that because i think you can you can to a certain extent you can do that in your bubble what i've what i've discovered with um many young designers and it sounds a bit critical is is uh that uh, although on the one hand, um, 
they're they're sort of quite um, uh, sort of uh, confident uh, and optimistic about about what they can do. Actually, on the other hand, they're quite anxious and unsure about things, particularly like um, uh, uh, networking and, and making making connections. Um, and I, I almost my first piece of advice to any of our imperial students who you would think are, are super confident and have already got great networks of people uh, to uh, to speak to they're, they're, they also are surprisingly uh, cautious anxious um, uncertain about making making connections so I, I would encourage anyone to you know find find a uh, find a uh, somebody who, who graduated a couple of years ahead of you, uh, even if you didn't know them, uh, they will talk to you because uh, you went to the same university. Say, can I can I uh, have a quick Zoom chat with you and get some ideas and advice? Can I show you my portfolio? Uh, don't just jump in and say, uh, you know, have you have you got a job? Uh, I'm, I'm wanting to be interviewed for blah blah blah. But just uh, go about it with the idea of. Uh, you want to you want to build a a network and and if you if you um, uh, just go about it systematically and, and gradually build a network starting with friends or or friends of friends uh, sooner or later you you've got enough people that you've spoken to who will remember you because you've had a fun conversation or you've shown them something interesting in your portfolio and and opportunities will start to uh, start to pop up. Yeah. And is that part of the joint I'm thinking a bit of pulling those resources together from all those different places and providing that central point? Well, I think um, we can. I mean, one of, one of the ways that we can support that is, is, is by, um, by doing mentoring and, and uh, helping, helping young people with, uh, with, with, with networking, because I'm, I'm always very relaxed about uh, talking to, uh, talking to students and saying, well, why don't you contact these half dozen people you can mention my name if you like i i, I don't mind I, I i don't think i've yet had anyone contact me saying Stephen, you must stop passing on your <laughs> passing on my details <laughs> in terms yeah. of that advice for students would uh, would you have different advice or similar advice for people that are on furlough right now because they'll be arguably or potentially more ex- experienced design individuals or people with a bit more industry experience behind them would there be advice in terms of upskilling or maybe looking at different uh, well, of, of course for uh, people on on furlough um i mean i, I think that the same basic advice applies but what i would um also uh, strongly advocate is um Again, don't don't uh, think of yourself as a as a, as a, an island, uh, because um, you know you could, with a bit of effort you you could find um, people that are in a similar situation. Uh, and and again, it's a bit of a cliche, but but you can you can do so much more if you if you group together. And and I I would I would encourage people to do uh, side projects. Uh, you know, um, Somebody was, somebody was telling me that in the states it almost because it's, it's become a a thing where uh, you know recruiters almost expect to see on the CV that somebody has has done a, a Kickstarter campaign. You know, so it doesn't doesn't you can do most of it yourself. It doesn't necessarily cost a, a huge amount of money. You know, get get to get get together with some ex college mates or people you know um and uh, and and develop a project that you can launch as a kickstarter campaign 
Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not going to ask you who your favourite student was or has, has been, <laughs> but I'm interested to know if there's any students that you've had in the past where you've, because obviously you've been doing it for a number of years now, are there any particular students that come to mind in terms of the journeys they've been on? You go, wow, they're working for X company, or you've just seen this transformation. Are there any that stick to your mind in terms of, wow, this person's doing something quite extraordinary now? Well, or, a, a, or, or a couple of... Um... Uh, women who, if you've not had had them on to talk, you should do. Uh, uh, Solvega Patseka with her, her bump mark uh, uh, product. Uh, so this was a, a project that was a was a final year project, and and she's gone on to raise quite a substantial sum with um, venture capital. Um, and and it probably five years out of university, the product is still not been uh, commercially launched but 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 she she's built a, a quite a substantial company around uh, around that uh, and another one is um uh, joe barnard uh, morama i don't know if you know the company uh, so she uh started her own company pretty much directly from um from university um, uh, and and um has done a great job, and and then of course at, at Brunel there there are people like you mentioned Logitech, so Alistair Curtis uh, at uh, Logitech X Brunel student, um, Warren Hutchinson uh, was head of experience design at Universal Music, now uh, else crossed over into uh, digital design. Simon Waterfall uh, once had the the largest um, uh, uh, digital design group in the world. Um, uh, and and yeah, so so there are those um, Brunel students over over a number of years. Um, I mean, I'm also sort of thinking of the, those more recent ones that have gone on to be uh, sort of successful, often successful um, uh, entrepreneurs, but also some um, more sort of uh, corporate uh, ones. The the global design manager for M and M's at Mars is is a is an ex uh, uh, Brunel uh, student. Uh, you know, trained as a trained as a product designer, but but now now doing now doing that. Well, you you've been very uh, generous or, or good or or uh, accomplished with your interviewing technique for prompting uh, 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 me to comment on Beda. Comes and, with the job. Comes with the job, unfortunately. Beda <laughs> uh, and uh, and 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 Imperial. Um, it for me they 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 sort of start to merge a little bit. In, in terms of of, of being uh, uh, really interested in in the in the future of, of the design profession, uh, and and particularly um, for uh, you know the, the 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 younger generation and 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 all of the energy and interest and motivation and potential of of the next generation. So so you know my my overall uh, comment would be uh, I'm, I'm very. Uh, approachable. Uh, you can easily find my email on on the Imperial uh, website. I'm, I'm I'm very welcome to um, to engage in conversations with people. You can uh, you can uh, 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 link up with me on on LinkedIn, but you can also uh, join the uh, the, the Beda uh, group on um, uh, LinkedIn uh, and and follow what we're doing. And and uh, and especially if you have. Um, uh, either individually or, or a small group of you, you've, you've got uh, sort of thoughts and ideas about 
things that um, we could do together as 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 Beda, and we could support you with with that activity. Uh, that that would be great. I mean, my my ideal vision would be in in twelve months' uh, time, we we've got a completely refreshed board of uh, directors of uh, Beda. Maybe I'm not even the uh, director of Beda anymore, uh, and and the and the board of directors is made up of uh, people under 30 and, and a 50-50 mix of uh, men, women and uh, all different uh, backgrounds and cultures. That that would that would be great. If there's anything we can do to help with that, then by all means, we're happy to, to help. Yeah, with- no, absolutely. We don't have to be precious about, uh, you know, we can be confident about what, what we're doing and, and find our own little USPs, but, but, but we can also be stronger to, uh, together. 100%. 100%. Yeah. That's the whole reason for this podcast. Hmm. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Brilliant. Cool. Well, let, thanks for that. Really appreciate you coming on. Definitely. You're, you're, uh, keep on doing what you're doing because obviously it's, it's really, uh, it's really uh, valuable. Thanks very much. Nice to speak. Cool. Thank right. you. Nice to meet you. See you guys. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to episode 7 of IDcast by Design Truth. And thanks again to Stephen for joining us for today's episode. As ever, we would love to hear from you. Email us at hello at designtruth.co.uk or visit our website at www.designtruth.co.uk. Catch you next time. <laughs>